0: If you look in the back of any yearbook from any high school, junior high, someone will have creatively put, stay the way you are and you'll go far. And that's actually very true when it comes to podcasting. Today, I'm going to share the story of two rather large celebrities who completely changed their style and were more successful Because when you are yourself, it resonates with your audience. Speaking of resonating with your audience, we've got an interview with Glenn Hebert from the Horse Radio Network. I met Glenn at Florida. He's an old friend of the show, and he shared some stuff, and I said, dude, we got to talk about that on the show. So we are. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website, schoolofpodcasting.com. If you go to school of slash start and use the coupon code Listener, you can save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And From now to the end of the year, there's another 5% discount on that. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. And before we get into the celebrities and into Glenn, I want to remind you that if you haven't done it already, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, the question of the month. And boy, the more I'm doing this, the more I'm like, huh, that's not what I thought. The question of the month this month, and I need this by November 26th. So as I record that, that is this Friday. That is the day after Thanksgiving. So when you're sitting around and you're eating the leftover stuffing and the turkey and the turkey soup and the turkey fondue and the turkey, all that stuff in the U.S., if you're in the U.S., I should say, don't forget to send this in. And what I'm looking for is how long does it take you to go from an idea to hitting publish. Not so much the marketing and the Twitters and things like that, but like, for example, I actually count making, I make artwork for each episode. You don't have to do that. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about next week. Are you doing things that you don't need to do? Because sometimes when times get tough, you can cut corners on that. So, but first I want to get an accurate idea of how much time people are taking to create one single episode. I'm using a tool called Toggle T-O-G-G-L, because, you know, ease are evil for some reason. I need that again by November 26, 2021. Don't forget, by the way, to mention your show and your website and a little bit about it. And if you're worried about the time, just give me everything you got. And if it's too long, I will cut it down. Don't worry about that. I'm really looking for as much detail as we can get. Because if you're new to the show, I always like to quote Valerie Geller from the book Beyond Powerful Radio. There is no such thing as too long, only too boring. So again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question by November 26, 2021 a quick mention here. When I find really cool tools, I always like to let you know about them. And of course, these always go out in my newsletter, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter. But I'm a huge, huge fan of writing really good headlines. And I found a tool that just makes the teacher inside of me. If you're new to the show, my background's in teaching. I taught in the corporate world for decades. And it's a tool called Headline Studio. It's from Co-Schedule. I'll have links out in the show notes at schoolapodcasting.com/slash slash 802. I'll actually make a little video showing you this. And not only does it help you, based on data, create better, more engaging headlines, which will get you more traffic. And when you get more traffic to your website, then you might get more subscribers or whatever else you want them to do. And they're having a Black Friday sale. I know I bought it for $99 for the whole year. And it's pretty amazing because you put in this headline, and then it's like, not only here's what you should do to make the headline better, and this just makes my heart go pitter patter, but why? Why? If I put these words, is it better? It actually, if you go with the pro version, there is a uh, tool that will show you keywords and not only just keywords, like here are really popular keywords. And oh, by the way, nobody is like bidding on those or getting on those. So it's it's high search. A lot of people are looking for this, but not a lot of competition. So I'll put a link to that out in the show notes at podcasting.com slash 802. Santa kind of came a little early for me. I was at an event, might have been Podcast Movement or Podfest, and I was super happy because my co-host Jim Cullison from The Average Guy TV, who co-hosts the show, Ask the Podcast Coach with me every Saturday at ten thirty Eastern time. It's live. It's free podcast consulting. Find it at Ask the Podcast Coach, and he said, "You know, you are no different in person than you are." when you're on the microphone. And for me, that is like the best thing I ever wanna hear as a podcaster. And I worry sometime when I hear people get on the mic and look, I want you to be excited. I mean, I'm not always talking like this all the time. But I do hear people get into puke voice and they, hey, what's going on? All of a sudden, you either sound like a sports announcer or (laughs) you're that cracky, weird weatherman that I don't know what's going on. (laughs) And that's not really how you are. You know who's really good at being you? You. Yeah. You know who's really bad at being you? Everybody else. And I realize that due to the way we were raised, many of us are going, look, the last person I want to be is me. I get that. I really totally get that. But I'm here to tell you that if you embrace who you are, being you comes to you naturally. Duh. But it resonates. It just, it just flows from you and it's easy. And consequently, it's genuine. It's authentic. And people can smell a phony a mile away, right? I mean, I believe that. So I was kind of sniffing around the internet, good old Uncle Google, and I found two people that started one completely different direction. One is Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, and I'll put links out in the show notes, used to be completely clean-shaven. He looked like an old Baptist minister in a suit, and his hair's all back, and it's it's barely down to his collar, and he was actually really successful back then. He wrote a lot you know, that song, Crazy, I'm crazy. Yeah. Willie was a really successful songwriter, not so much a song performer, although he did have some success, but he was really, in the early days- known I think a bit more for being a songwriter and to make a long story short in um, late April 1972 which is back in the day, RCA his record label requested that Nelson renew his contract ahead of schedule with the implication that RCA yeah they're not gonna release your latest recordings if you didn't. Ah uh, can you feel the love of the record label? You know, those record label people, they really know how to just make an artist feel special. And just remember, those people are behind Spotify. Just just a reminder. Uh, but it said, due to the failure of his albums, and particularly frustrated by the reception of his latest album, Yesterday's Wine, uh, his contract, I guess, wasn't over. And so Willie just said, you know what? F you. I'm out of here. And he retired from music. So he went from Nashville to Austin. Grew out his hair because, well, he kind of wanted to and just started writing the music that he wanted to write. In Nashville, sometimes you are kind of trying to write the next hit. And Willie was good at that. But now he wanted to write his own stuff. And it actually kind of became outlaw country, which just sounds like you have to say it with a, a southern accent. Like, and then it started outlaw country. So he and uh, Waylon Jennings and a couple other, he grew out his hair. Grew a beard, grew a mustache, and, well, kind of, like, looks like Willie Nelson now. And so he eventually said, because he went to Nashville, and when he started to be himself, it rejuvenated him. And people were like, man, I really like the stuff you're doing now. So he actually went back and got his manager and they renegotiated with RCA and he got out of his record deal and whole nine yards. And well, he became Willie Nelson. But if you see the early pictures of Willie Nelson and then Willie today, completely different. One other thing I did notice is that he's super popular in Austin. He's like, he might as well be like the mayor of Austin, Texas. And he has done many different uh Concerts like he does a a 4th of July picnic every year for in Austin, Texas, and he also started Farm Aid, which is this huge concert to raise money for local farmers who are getting pinched by Monsanto and many other evil kind of companies. The other person is George Carlin, and my earliest remembrance of George Carlin is kind of funny in a way because. It's from 1973, which means I was eight years old at the time, and my brother got the album Occupation Fool, which has the seven dirty words you can't say on TV and many other things that, well, a typical eight-year-old wouldn't hear. But because it was my brother's birthday, he put it on on the record player, which was this giant console in the middle of the living room and we all gathered around to listen to it. And I just kind of go back and go, Hey mom, what were you thinking there? Hmm? Well, I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, George Carlin started off again, short hair in a suit was on things like Merv Griffin, or he had appear on like the Tom Jones variety hour back in the seventies. And this is kind of like, it's not really before my time, but kind of, cause I was just a wee wee little kid, but, uh, he would be on all these variety shows and he was very, you know, he was funny. He was funny. But towards the end of the 60s, the times they were a changing and George wanted to change with him and kind of point out all the weird things. He did a lot of observational humor and got a little more political. And so those were the times when he was really, in my opinion, really some of the funniest stuff. And then later as he got older, he migrated again. He kind of changed his whole thing and he became really just a grumpy old guy. He would just come out. He might as well just been saying in my day, I mean, really just like, but I would still listen because here's what George did. He always made me laugh. Uh, He always made me think that was the thing I really liked about George Carlin is he would go, hey, you know, why is that? We have legislation to ban toy guns, but none to ban the real ones. That seems a little weird in a way. That was kind of a George Carlin thing. The bottom line is both these guys were themselves and over the years continued to evolve and realize as you evolve, some people are going to like you and some people will not. I mean look at the Beatles. The Beatles started off bubblegum guys in their suits and then eventually you know by the time they get to Sergeant Pepper, you're like, wait, is this the same group and you either like them? or you didn't, but they had to be themselves because otherwise they're bored. And so when you become bored, that's a problem. I was helping a client once. He wanted me to help him grow his audience. And I said, hey, you know, give me an episode to listen to and this and that. And I listened to it and there some things. And as I'm giving feedback, he said, you know, I gotta be honest, I'm really kind of just bored with this show. And I said, that's probably the number one reason why your downloads are going the wrong way is that's going to come across the mic. You have to be yourself. And if you're bored with your show and it doesn't entice you anymore, then maybe it's time to find another show to start and then get your audience to listen to the new thing that you're excited about. So don't be afraid to be you. I know you're thinking nobody will listen to you. I know you're thinking, I don't even like me. Why would anybody listen to me? And so We're going to hear a conversation I had with Glenn the Geek Hebert from Horse Radio Network. If you like horsies, you got to go to horseradionetwork.com. Glenn just went over with one of his shows, 2,800 episodes. And this is one of those things where uh, I'll give you a little story before we get to Glenn. I was so close to getting to Glenn. Did you hear that? And now we're taking a tangent. I just, this just happened to me. I went to Walmart after church to do some grocery shopping, note to self, don't go grocery shopping the week before Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving. It's a little busy, but I'm walking down the aisle and all of a sudden I hear, holy cow, it's jamming Dave. Now, in another lifetime, when I was playing the guitar, I was jamming Dave Jackson and I look up and it's Brenda and Lonnie. And these are two people that used to come out to see my band all the time. And this was one of the ways that I kind of, again, pushed through a nervousness. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shy underneath all of this stuff. And so at the time, I'd bought one of them, their fancy digital cameras. Yeah, this was a while ago. And I would hop off the stage. I'd go to the first table and I would simply say, what brings you here tonight? And somebody would say, oh, it's my birthday or whatever. And I would take their picture because back then not everybody was walking around with a phone, with a camera, and I would put it on our website and people would go to the website to see their picture and then come see the band again. And Lonnie, yeah, Lonnie and Brenda were big fans. And it's kind of weird because I was just playing the guitar and we kind of caught up, you know, they're now grandparents and I'm like 30 pounds heavier than I was. And Again, I'm just playing music, having fun, and they said, you know what? We really miss your band because not so much that the the music, although you guys are great musicians, she said, but you guys always had fun, and we always had fun when we went out there, and it's just not the same. We've seen other bands, and we go out, and obviously, everybody's life's changed, but boy, you know, some of our best times were watching your band, and I was like, I had no idea. You know, I'm just up there trying to remember the chords and, you know, look cool. And you know who looks cool? My buddy Thomas from Novel Marketing. Yeah. If you've been thinking of writing a book or if you plan on writing a book in 2022, then you got to go over and listen to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thomas is going to get you going in the right direction. He's got his awesome Ten Commandments of Book Marketing. And I would love to say I planned this. Today, we're listening or we're reading commandment number 10, which is thou shalt not be false to thine own brand. And he says, be true to who you are as an author. Your brand is not a photo. It's a logo, genre, a collection of fonts. It's the story you tell about yourself. More importantly, it's the story others tell about you. Again, coming back to being you. So for more book promotion and publishing help, listen to the Novel Marketing Podcast in your favorite podcast app or go to novelmarketing.com. And of course, I'll have a link out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 802. And Thomas, thanks for being a sponsor of the School of Podcasting. A little setup for this discussion. Glenn and I are talking about episode 800. I actually ran the idea by Glenn. I'm like, would you find this interesting? And episode 800 was something I did where I kind of broke my format and really just revealed some of the things that I struggle with as a podcaster. If you want to check that out, schoolofpodcasting.com/slash 800. But you'll hear Glenn refer to that a couple of times in this interview. Here's my talk. With the one and only Glenn the Geek Hebert from network.com.
1: I got this email. We get them all the time. And the longer you do podcasting, the more consistent you are and the more you do it and the years add up, you're going to get more feedback. You won't get this kind of feedback usually within the first six months. So if you're expecting no. that, it's just not going to happen. So it does happen over a period of time. You're at the point where you get it. I'm at the point where I get it. But you do get it after the first year you start getting some feedback from people. We get it all the time because we've 2,800 episodes and a lot of <laughs> listeners. There are certain emails that you get. One, they always come in the day when you're down and out and you got another show. In our case, I got to prepare another three shows for this week. And I'm behind. We don't have guests booked. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. All of that stuff that we all go through. And then you get this email and it reminds you that you need to get back to work because what you're doing matters. And I think we forget that what we do affects individuals on a very personal level. You know, what you did, let me read this. It's a, this is the beginning of this email from Hannah from Arizona. Thank you for all you do with the Horse Radio Network. The, this is her line. The hosts especially, they are real and raw and don't hold back. So, remember what I've said a thousand times, and I've said it on this show many times they come for the content. They find you because they search for horses, but they only stay with your podcast if they like you. They stay for the hosts. They have a very personal relationship with you. You are in their ears, in our case, every day for 90 minutes. So, we are very much their friend. I don't know them. You don't know them, but in some cases, you do. We know some of our listeners. I went on this road trip for five weeks and met 200 of them at their homes. And you realize as soon as you get out of the car that you're their best friend. Mm. You're their best friend and they are your friend that you've never met. Did you have anybody really,
0: and this sounds like a negative connotation, but did you have anybody like really fanboy out? Oh yeah, we get
1: out of the truck and they couldn't believe we were in their yard. They would just freak out. We got stories uh, from their friends that they invited to come over and meet us that their friends would take us aside when the listener wasn't listening and say, she's been cleaning this barn for a week. All she could talk about was you guys coming. So think about your favorite podcaster you listen to showing up, and then you're cooking them dinner, and they come in for dinner, and, and it's the whole thing. So they stay for you. So. You give them you. They're coming for you. And when you asked me last week about this and whether you should do this for episode 800, be very personal and raw, you can't do that every episode, unless that's your no. show, but it right. isn't your show. You can do it every once in a while and you should do it every once in a while. We've done it on horses in the morning when I had my cancer last year. So about once a year, these tough subjects come up and we spend a whole episode talking about cancer and what I was going through. I got more response to that and it's our most, still our most downloaded episode last year. This will be your most downloaded episode. That 800 is going to be your most downloaded episode because we are your friends, right? I happen to know you and we are friends. But if I didn't know you, you're my best friend because I've listened to you for years. (laughs) (laughs) long time. So we want to hear that. And it's very important. Also, what you did last week is to lay it out there. You laid it out that this ain't easy. This whole podcasting thing for either one of us, we make it look easy, but it isn't easy. We work our asses off to get this done. And sometimes it just sucks. But that's just the truth. And you took the Instagram out of last week's episode, making it all look pretty. Instagram, oh, yeah, that's they always it. make it look pretty, right? Yeah, I you took t- off all the filters. You <laughs> took off all the filters. So that's important. And that's what she was saying here, is we're their, her friends. She then goes on to say, the Horse Radio Network has become such a vital piece of my day. The way you run your business, now listen to this one, the way you run your business and cultivate an encouraging community has inspired me to use a similar model in my life. That's powerful. What we do matters. And you're going day to day and you're doing your shows and you lose sight that people, individuals, this one individual is out there in Arizona and because of the way we are, because of our culture and the culture that we developed within our community It's changed the way she lives her life.
0: Yeah. Again, goes back to, I know I've been in your studio. When you record a show, you're not winging it. You've put some time into it. How much prep do you think you do per episode?
1: Well, if you count the booking of the guests, it's probably three to four hours for each episode. Because I get up at five in the morning and get ready with all the research on what we're going to talk about and all of that, all the guest research and everything for 90 minute show. And we do that about 10 o'clock, so I get all of that ready in the morning before we do that. But the but the guest booker has already worked on an hour on booking the guest. She then goes on to say, no matter what you're talking about, someone is learning. Someone is having the same experience, and someone is expanding their thinking. So if you think about that, what you said last week, there might have been 50 people all listening to that at the same time, but they were all having their own unique experience with that. what you said. I was thinking about how what you said works in my life and how it affects me and all the little things you went over. Yes, it affected me, maybe in a little bit of a different way, but we were all having that personal experience. I don't care what your podcast is about. It could be about model airplanes. Those model airplane people, they spend hours in their basement building model airplanes and they have problems and things break. And the first time they take it out, they crash it and there's a thousand dollars out the door. (laughs) So they're all having those personal things too. And it really does matter. What we say matters in people's individual lives. She said, but it doesn't end with the podcast. It's scrolling through the auditor room. That's our Patreon group. It's a closed Facebook group. And seeing other people's journeys, posting for advice or commiseration because we've built a community. If you don't have a private Facebook group, I don't care if you have a small audience or whatever, start one, get it started small because that private Facebook group is the most important thing we've ever done. We have about 500 people in there, and they're all Patreons. They pay to be in there in our case. A lot of podcasts just, if you have to be a listener, and then they let you in. But in our case, they have to pay to be in. There's about 500 of them, but they truly are a family. It is incredible the conversations that go on in there, and very personal ones. They truly are a family. And, and they've said 100 times in there, this is better than my family. Because your family, some screwed up. So here is a safe place. And the word I love there is posting for advice, or commiseration and that's
0: when you have other people i know in, in podcast groups it's oh you're not gonna believe this what i just did the world's best interview and i looked down and i forgot to hit record,
1: record. we're all like yeah i've been there done that you, you don't feel you bad did hit record right away i did hit record because <laughs> yeah, this is your best interview yet i don't want you to miss it <laughs> so yes people need
0: to commiserate it makes them feel great it makes them feel not alone
1: she ends it with, it's the safest place in the world, and there are 500 people who I would tell my deepest, darkest secrets and fears to. Wow. That's when you know you've built a community, and it's not just a listener base. And that takes time to cultivate that, but it also takes you. The one comment I have, and, and a lot of people approach me just like they do you, can you listen to my podcast? I, I need some advice. And if it's an interview show, and I know you, you may not agree with this. I don't know. We'll find out. If it's an interview show, and it's strictly an interview show, and then they after the interview, the podcast is, what of you have you put into that show? If, if you're doing an interview and you're merely asking questions and then not commenting a lot during the interview, and then the show's over and it's done, I came to the podcast because I liked, I came for the content, but I hung around for you. So when you're done with that interview, make the interview 10 minutes shorter, and then tell me what you think. I want to know what you think because I'm not coming for your guest. He isn't hosting the show, or she isn't hosting the show you're hosting the show. So cut your interview back. You should anyway. Most of them are too long. So cut your interview back and then tell me what you think. And guess what? People are going to hang around to the end of the interview. You're going to get a longer listen in that episode because they really want to know what you said. You may not agree with everything the host or that your guest said, and that's okay too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I affectionately refer to that. And it's one of those things I'm now realizing that I'm really dating myself because this guy's been, has not been around for a long time, is Jerry Springer. As wild as Jerry Springer was with people throwing chairs and all the other craziness and fighting and stuff like that. At the end, Jerry would start some sort of peaceful music and go, So what did we learn today? We've learned that getting hit in the face hurts or whatever it was. But it was nonetheless, it was him wrapping it up in some sort of little message. And if you can do that, and if you want to throw in a story and you say, When Glenn said that, we actually have an impact on people. That reminds me. There was this one time. This and now you you wrap it up and you show again that hey, it is it's my show. I started it at the beginning. I'm the bookend at the end, and in the middle we had a Glenn sandwich. So that's great. And you, I'm sure you've done a great job of making your guests look great and things like that. But in the end, we have to go back to your why. And like you said, they're coming to hear you,
1: and that's like going to a Skynyrd concert and not hearing Freebird. They're like, hey, what the heck? So this is from another listener, Rochelle, who said, HRN has not only made me a better horseman, it has also made me a better person. Mm. Boy, if we can accomplish those two things in our shows, if we can make them a better horseman so they treat their horses better and that the horse has a better quality of life, but then we help them be a better person, that's pretty powerful stuff. And we, we do a silly show, morning show about horses, and it's silly. You've been on it. Then Hannah said... This is a powerful one. HRN has saved my life from keeping me sane at work to give me great advice and tips, but most importantly, for talking about personal health, which has caused me to take steps in taking care of my own personal health. Comes back to episode 800. Comes back to me spending an entire 90 minutes talking about cancer last year. And that's powerful stuff and when it hit me last year was when I was really sick and then I got sicker and then I got infections and I almost died. So there's that. I got a call from a listener and the listener came over to the house, the height of COVID came over the house and she's a para rider. She's in a wheelchair. She's one of our good friends and also a listener. She comes at wheeling into the house with these huge boxes on her lap. And I, we had no idea why she was here. And she said, I got something for you. A hundred listeners got together formed their own little Facebook group and put together gifts for me because I was so sick and it was $4,000 in gifts and gift cards. It took us an hour and a half to open everything and a hundred cards. I had no idea.
0: Number one, that is so cool that (laughs) he
1: surprised you. But again, holy cow. That's when it hit me that we really do affect people. If you yeah. weren't affecting people with what you did, they, that would have never happened, right? Yet we are so stuck in our doing our every show and the next one and the next one, we sometimes forget that what we do matters. And even if it only matters that one person, we've had people write to us that have not committed suicide because of our shows.
0: I, I run into that more and more. I've had people, Ken Blanchard does Speak Life, and yeah. he's got a military background, and and he's had a ton of people from the military that have called him up. He's like, man, I'm not trained in that. He's like, (laughs) it's amazing that uh, you build that connection with people that when they need somebody, you're the person they think of.
1: You know why I think we don't think that way is a little bit of imposter syndrome. We all have that. You still have it. I still have it. And we've been doing this forever and we still have it. So I think that imposter syndrome is part of the problem is we probably don't think that we're qualified to be that person for that person to be that kind of friend, and we forget that we're their best friend, even though you don't know them.
0: Yeah, did you ever think that? Let's see, to how many do you, do you know any total episodes you have an idea ballpark
1: 5,000 that I've hosted? Uh, uh yeah. I, it's over 5,000. Yeah,
0: Jeez, Louise. So when you started this, did no you have a freaking idea? <laughs>
1: yeah. So We were going to do a silly show, morning show about horses. It was supposed to be a morning drive, funny radio show, with, and people might learn a little something. And it is that, but that humor is also what helps that person get off the bridge.
0: Mm. Absolutely.
1: So mm. to the person who's thinking, ah, nobody would listen to me, what would you say? You need that yeah. one person's going to tell 10. It's going to take time. We started this 13 years ago. We had 12 listeners after six months of a weekly show. We had hundreds after a year and it grew from there, but we didn't stop because we had 12 listeners. We didn't stop. If you know your why and you know what you're attempting to do and who you're attempting to affect, then that's the reason you're doing it. For me, I don't look at numbers. You know, I look at this, you know, what we're seeing here. Well, that's it. That's about here.
0: That'll definitely put more gas in your tank than, hey, I'm up five downloads from last week. So
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The other thing you mentioned is that we need to step up our game compared to the corporate podcast.
1: Yeah, I did a section on independent versus corporate. I think that's important to talk about now. We have two different listening groups in this world now. The ones who came in when you and I started, who are true podcast listeners, they came in for podcasts. They understood that what that was. And now we have people that are coming in listening to the professional podcasts, the NPRs and the Spotify's and the ones that are a thousand dollars a minute to produce. They're coming in listening to those first. So unlike our group from years ago who came in listening to us first, they're coming in listening to them first. And their quality is unbelievable, right? It's professional. It should be. They're spending a lot of money to make it professional. They have whole teams working on their shows. So Then they come to us, and they come to three guys in a beer in a basement, and they listen to that with poor sound quality, and maybe they're screaming across the room just to be heard, and they very quickly bail out. So I believe there's two groups of listeners. I don't know if you disagree or agree with that. There's those early listeners, and now there's this new group who are expecting more. So we have to give more if we want to compete with the professionals, with the corporate side of things. We're professionals. We want to compete with the, the corporate side with money then we have to just do better. We have to improve our auto quality. We have to step up our preparation, especially what you talked about earlier. We have to edit better. We have to think outside the box. And you have to bring more of you because one of those things that those corporate podcasts are missing is personality. A lot yeah. of them are missing personality because the corporations won't allow them to have personality. You know, we do a podcast for a major Fortune 500 company and every episode is gone over by a team of lawyers and it takes two Mm -hmm. weeks and they come back and tell me which words to remove individual words because it doesn't meet the brand you don't have that so that's what makes us have an advantage over those corporate podcasts we can but we have to do better i don't know if you agree or disagree with that
0: no i do it's one of those things it's a little bit of both because on one hand hannah said they're raw and real and you're not going to get that think of a tv i've heard of a, a couple different podcasts are about TV shows and when it's the official one that's done by like NBC or whoever they're not going to say man episode four was a stinker they're not going to say that but you'll get that on an independent show that's a fan cast and but that doesn't mean they can't start off the show with Cindy did we want to talk about the thing or don't do the the prep call and record it cut that out get in and hook them with something hey today we're going to talk about episode four and did we give it a thumbs up or thumbs down? I don't know, but they were talking about such. Somehow you have a tease to bring them in and then be raw and real and organized and have great sound.
1: But I think don't it's, be rambling. You can be raw and real without being rambling. Yeah. That's, where I'm, that's what I was saying about editing. And also prep is the part that you can do to compete with the professional side. You yeah. can do prep. If you choose not to do prep, that's your call. Those are the things that we can do that we don't have to outlay a ton of money on. We don't have to outlay any money on.
0: The thing I loved when I was in your studio and we're doing it now is when you have bullet points, like here are the topics we're going to cover. The great thing about it is you don't have to go, are you ready to go to the lightning round? Because I know you are, because I've already seen that we had four points and we've hit them all. So now we can just go to the next thing and there's this no weird, awkward, oh, we have to transition. Wait, what's funny about the weather? That duck that was like, wait, what? Where did that come from? I'm trying to get to this new topic. If you've outlined it a little bit, you can, A, figure out how am I going to get from topic A to topic B and that we're done. And there's and and what that does is it eliminates time in the editing room.
1: Again, time's our biggest enemy for whether you're a casual podcaster or a professional podcaster. Time is your enemy.
0: Yeah, always.
1: But the Glenn, that's I when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's good
0: stuff, man. Just I I always tell people that podcasting can really change your life, but it can also change the life of the listener, And even if it's a, I know um, Mignon Fogarty, her first podcast, it took her way too long. She was having to read all these white papers and things like that. So some people might say that wasn't, you know, a successful podcast. It wasn't successful as a podcast, but man, was it successful as an educational tool? And then her next podcast, Grammar Girl, ended up getting her on Oprah. So you learn from a show if it starts and doesn't really succeed the way you wanted it to, It probably sets you up for that the next one's going to be even better. Keep that in mind. Are you doing your year-end Christmas thing?
1: Yeah, we are doing a concert. So we're doing a concert. We have people in the horse world that are excellent singers, and we're getting together for a Facebook concert live. And we reached out to our sponsors, and we now have over $5,000 worth of prizes we're going to give away that night. And you have to listen live to do it. And we're also Ah. doing it as a... And you, we're also giving, or we're also doing it as a fundraiser, where people can donate to one of our favorite horse charities. And we estimate, by past experience, we'll probably raise about five thousand dollars for the charity too. But that's giving back, right? We're not taking any of that. We're I didn't ask for any sponsorship money. This is all going back to the listeners. There you go. Serving one of the key ingredients of a good podcast host. Oh, and it'll opinion. be a hell of a lot of fun, and we might drink a little too. <laughs> <so>.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, find Glenn over at horseradionetwork.com. Mr. Geek, always, always glad to hang out with you and have a good time, man. I appreciate
1: it. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you soon.
0: Yes. And of course that music means it's time for me to do a Jerry Springer. The thing I really thought that, that stuck out of that is number one, that one woman wrote in and said they were real and raw and they don't hold back. Now, What does that mean? It means probably being yourself. Now, keep in mind here, when we say real and raw, you do have, at least in the United States, freedom of speech. That does not mean you have freedom from consequences. Keep that in mind. And then I love the fact that he's inspiring people to change their life. And you heard where Glenn was giving back on his, this Christmas concert thing. And of course... I started off the show talking about Willie Nelson, who is a guy who's had a career for decades.
1: And what does he focus on? Giving back. But I think this was my favorite clip. If you know your why and you know what you're attempting to do and who you're attempting to affect, then that's the reason you're doing it.
0: That's half the questions I ask a new podcaster, which is number one, why are you starting this podcast? And if their answer is, Oh, I want to start a podcast and make a bunch of money and quit my day job in six weeks. I'll be like, okay, that's not going to work. So why are you starting this? Who is it for? And what do you want them to do with the information? Is that to spread the world and spread your message? Or do you want them to somehow buy something of yours? And that's where I usually say you're either a hobby. Or you're doing this as a business, and there are times when you're doing this as a hobby business. Like, you know you're not going to quit your day job, but if you can make some money with that, that's fine as well. And you know what makes a great stocking stuffer? That's right, the book Profit From Your Podcast, written by yours truly, and now you can get it autographed. Go over to ProfitFromYourPodcast.com slash book. I want to thank Glenn again. Always great to run into this guy. Always great stories. And Glenn is a guy that when you meet him in person is exactly like he is on the microphone. Always great to hang out with him. Check him out, horseradionetwork.com. And since we're kind of talking horses, I thought I would roll out this old promo. (laughs) On the podcast rodeo show, we grab a random podcast and see how long we can hang on and I give you a real life first impression. Didn't expect that. I'm all right. This is not your grandpa's uh, faith podcast. I'm digging it so far. Um, we discussed how cheesecake is actually a really great thing to have in your home. Okay, you, you had me, and you said you, you brought her on because she knows this cool survival stuff. And then you didn't tell me the other things that she's going to tell me about. And now you're talking about cheesecake. Um, so we didn't really have anything to talk about. We were going, because this episode is coming out on Black Friday. And that, my friends, is the phrase that pays. The minute you go, "Ah, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about. I am out of here because that means that you're going to waste 45 minutes of my time. (laughs) Holy cow. Well, first of all, great intro. Here's the key to this. I want to hear the rest of this episode. Do you? I do. The Podcast Rodeo Show. Find it at podcastrodeoshow.com. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the headline studio. A couple of the things that are on sale right now as I record this. This is, this is before Black Friday, so I'm, things are going to go nuts in about four days. But the Shure SM7B, better known as the Michael Jackson microphone, the Joe Rogan microphone, this thing is normally $400. And first things first, you don't need a $400 microphone to podcast. But if you've ever thought about getting a Shure SM7B, they are $40 off, and this thing never goes on sale. I do buy my stuff from Sweetwater. Why? Because A, the price is just as good as Amazon. B, they tack on another year of warranty to it. And C, they'll actually do tech support if you need any kind of help with whatever you buy at Sweetwater.com. And then also on my YouTube channel, speaking of Joe Rogan, I did a video showing if you're doing a video podcast, Joe has this cool setup where the microphone kind of comes down low to his desk and then goes up to his face. And I show how Joe, who uses an SM7B, there's $400 for Joe's microphone and $300 for the stand that Joe is using. And I show you how you could basically cut that in more than half. I'll have links to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash. Eight oh two, And again, if you're looking to start your podcast and you're a little nervous about, hey, would anybody listen to me? Well, we just heard where Glenn is having people change their life because of his funny little morning radio show. And if you're worried about spending a bunch of money on gear that you don't need, well, I just told you some great things you can get. And I just said, hey, you don't need to spend $400. You can actually get a Samson Q2U, I can help you with that. If you go, I don't know anything about building a website. If you don't have one, then I can show you how to do that. And of course, you have the coupon code LISTENER, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, which gives you an extra 5% more than it usually does. And you have a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you start and you're like, huh, I don't know, this is going to take a little more time than I thought. Number one, I do have an editing team now. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash edit, I'll even make a custom plan for you if you need something in terms of like, hey, I can't do this editing thing. I just want to talk into a microphone. We've got that. It's all everything I just mentioned. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash 802. One thing to remember, that's it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash 802. Next week, again, get your question of the month answer in right now. As you're listening to this, I need it by the 26th. And that is how long does it take you to do an I to go from idea to published, and right now I am at three hours and 10 minutes, and I haven't even started my show notes yet. I haven't made my artwork yet, so this will be another one that hmm, and we're at uh, 43 minutes here, so. I would love to hear your answer to this. I really, I, you know, these are fun, the question of the month kind of things, but this is one I, I really hope you take the time to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question and let me know. And it doesn't have to be exact, but if you can, the, the, the more, what's the word I'm looking for? The more accurate here, the better. But I, if you, if all you have is a ballpark, I would love to hear it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash Question. Everybody in the U.S., have a great Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. And until next week, thanks so much for joining me on my mission to grab that podcasting polish and buff the boring out of your podcast. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. gonna i'm gonna ah.
1: more connected oh crap (laughs) edit point one sorry mark that that's all right (laughs) my fault you think i'd know by now and you know who looked cool oh geez come on mouth
0: i get you from idea into itunes and apple i said itunes yeah it used to be so cool idea to itunes and then they changed the name Hey, you're still here. This is not a blooper. If you heard what I would call bad edits in this episode, it's because I was using Descript. This is one of those tools where you you basically have it transcribe your show. You then delete things in the transcripts, and it deletes it in the audio. And I did without really listening to how that worked. And I plan on watching a video and taking some training on this. But, uh, you know, just giving you a little behind the scenes, how the sausage is made. Typically, this kind of stuff bores the heck out of people. But this is a how-to podcast. So it kind of makes sense. So if you're going to try to script, take the time to learn how to use it because I didn't. And it shows.